Yo, yo, yo. That's what they say these days. Yo, yo, yo. What's up? Man, we're glad you're here. Give your neighbor a high five. Say, welcome to church. Man, we are so glad you're here. If you didn't come to first service, you missed out. I gave everything I had first service. So, Lord, please, please come second. Hey, uh, we're really excited about this Overcomers series. Uh, last week we talked about comparison. Any of y'all all week self-evaluated comparing your life? You're like, oh, man, I compare all the time. I compare, I compare outfits. I compare shopping lists. I compare. I'm, I'm constantly comparing. It's, it's like, why did we even talk about that? Because now I'm just comparing more. Or maybe I'm just having a bigger revelation that I've been doing it all along. I'm not sure. I'm hoping the latter. Today we're going to talk about apathy. Apathy, overcoming apathy and what that looks like in our life. Have you seen the show, What Would You Do? Does anybody like that show, What Would You Do? Basically, I'll set it up for you. They, they, stage, they stage an ethical dilemma, an ethical situation in public, and, and they ask the question, what would you do in this circumstance? So, for instance, there's, there's a, a car right here, and there's an actor in this car, and then another actor, and the actor backs up into the car. The bumper falls off, and there's bystanders walking by, and, and they're either staring and keep walking, or, or they decide to... to begin to start a conversation because they see it heating up. And, and they put you in these situations of, of what would you do? Like uh, an actor mother and an actor kid, and the mother's yelling at her kid at the donut shop and, and getting on to him and, and saying, uh, you can't eat that donut. You're overweight. You've been too heavy. Don't eat that donut. I can't believe you want another donut. And then the question is, what would you do? What would you do? I love this show because I like to be the superhero. I like to think of myself as great because I'm the most selfish person ever. And so I like to think that, oh, man, you know what I'll do? I'll put that mama in her place. You know, that's what I would do. I'll be, I'll be on that show. And it's incredible. Uh, I know that we've had real life what would you do scenarios, haven't we? I remember one time being at the HEB parking lot, and there was this minivan there with this family, and this car came and sideswiped them. And then started peeling out and it kept going. I was like, this is my moment. This is my moment. So I get in my car. I start chasing them through the parking lot to 50 miles an hour. I call the police, 911. Man, I'm chasing this car. It's just a hit and run. And then they thought they lost me, but they didn't. I found out. Then pulling into their parking space at the apartment, I was like, gotcha. You know, how many of you want to, like, get somebody, you know, like be the hero? Man, I love being the hero. I love being the hero. I love putting myself in this position. But I also want to say I miss it a lot. I miss it a lot. Like, for instance, I'll be on 1604, 5 o'clock traffic, and there's 100,000 cars, and I see that, you know, I see that poor person on the side of the road who just broke down. I'm like, oh, sorry about you. I'm a little too busy right now. A lot of traffic. Can't stop. Just keep moving, Ben. Keep moving. Call AAA. They will help you. God bless them. You know, I mean, I don't know if you've done that a time or two. And maybe you're not in a position to help in that situation. But, but I find myself doing this a lot. I find myself, uh, the what would you do scenario, I, I fall quite short of it. I also find that, that sometimes I have good intentions, but my intentions don't come to fruition. Uh, for instance, there's been a lot of tragedy right now in our society. And we see tragedy all the time. And, and, and we stop and we, we pause for a moment and we hashtag prayer. Hashtag prayer Vegas. Hashtag prayer Houston. Hashtag 
prayer. Uh, San Antonio, hashtag prayer. Hashtag, we're at hashtag praying all the time. I mean, it is like the quickest thing. And then we post, and we want people to join in prayer, and there's some sincerity in us. But the next morning, I forgot. Am I the only one who forgot? I, I, I forgot what I prayed about. I got busy. Uh, life got busy. It got away from me. And then I go look at my news story, and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember when I prayed for that. I totally forgot about that. And, and I think that's true a lot of a lot of us is that we're just busy, and, and we have good intentions, but, but, and we have good desires, but we're truly, truly somewhat apathetic. We're apathetic, and, and I ask myself, what's wrong with me? You ask that question, like, what's wrong with me? I was moved. My heart was moved. It was aching the day before, but then I got busy doing so much stuff, and now, now I've moved on. It's a great question. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, I'm going to highlight this for us. You, you see, they, they called this generation, those who were born 1980 uh, on, the millennials, the, the generation that, that was supposed to change the world, but instead they're binge-watching Netflix all the time. I, I'm in that generation. You know, they, they, they're constantly hating on us. They're hating on us because they can't be us, right? Come on, somebody. I'm just kidding. But, but, but we think it's a generational-specific thing, this apathy. This, this, this lack of care or concern for others, but we see it was there so long ago. In, in Luke 10, there was this man of the law. This man of the law, he, he abided by law. He knew the law quite well, and, and he went to go test Jesus. And he he's asked him, oh, what, what is the greatest commandment? What should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus responds, well, what's the greatest commandment? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, right? Or love, your, love God, love your neighbor, right? And that's what Jesus said, or that's what the man says to Jesus. He says, great, you've done well. And then he wants to justify himself. Because in the state of apathy, justification exists, right? And like in the state of apathy, we want to plead our case of why we're sitting there, maybe not abiding in the way that we should. For instance, he, he, in order to justify himself, he asked this question, well, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And Jesus brings this illustration to him. He said, there was a man left for dead on the side of the road. He was a Samaritan. And, and in Luke chapter 10, verse 31, a priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, Passed by on the other side. You, you have Pastor Ben and worship leader Julia seeing a man beat and robbed and left for dead. And we're just, ooh, kind of busy. Kind of busy right now. I can't help you out. It, it's a state of apathy. It, it's a state of apathy, an image of apathy, if you will. It, it's not my problem. The risk is too high. If I were to help you, it would cost me too much. And we, we've been given this word as a generation that we're the meh generation. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're just the meh generation. They, they throw up the emoji, the hands. Meh. Hey, do you want to go eat somewhere? Meh. You want to go to the rodeo this weekend? Right, they, they're constantly throwing up their hands. That's the generation that they've been called. They, they're, 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 the, they're the bored generation. That's what meh 
means. I'm just bored. I don't know. I'm indifferent to everything. Anything and everyone. That's, that's the generation. Uh, and, and the question I have for you is, why don't we care like Jesus? Why don't we care like Jesus? There's three things that I observe and we observe in this series of why we don't care like Jesus. The first one is this. The volume of information is overwhelming. The volume of information, your news feed, your Facebook news feed, your Insta story news feed, all the feeds that come against you and all the channels and the direct TV and, and the BBCs and everything else, right? It's just a lot of news. It's overwhelming. There's an earthquake. There's a tsunami. There's a new bombing. There's, there's nuclear war on the brink. There's all this stuff. It's, it's just overwhelming. And I, what caught my eye the other day is this crisis in Cape Town with 4 million people that they're going to run out of water. It's going to be day zero on May 11th. Day zero, 4 million people are going to run out of drinking water. They're limited to 13 gallons a day. That's a 90-second shower. You better be pretty fast at taking a shower, right? And, and they're going to run out, and it moved my heart. Why did it move my heart? Because in 2009, Brandon and I went to Cape Town. And we stayed at the Village of Hope, and we took care of HIV babies, and we loved them. And we went to the townships and handed out food parcels, and, and we started handing out all this food. And we started loving this city, and we prayed for this city, and we saw this city. And it moved our heart. And when I saw that, it moved my heart, but then I quickly forgot. So I had to prepare for a sermon. I was like, oh, yeah, that, that's happening. That's right. I so quickly forgot. There is just so much information. And then it say a new story does move you. You go the next day to look for the story, and you can't find it because it's hidden with all the other stories. Information overload. That's one reason maybe why we're a little apathetic where we may not care like Jesus. Second one is we feel helpless to make a change. We feel helpless to make a change. We, I mean, we are busy people. We're trying to get, we're trying to graduate med school. We, we got to teach our two-year-old how to potty train, which that's going to take forever. And we, we, we have to do all these things. We're just busy, busy, busy. And, and we just say, oh, man, can I really make a difference? Is this really going to help? Uh, uh, there's so many priorities. And, and so we just say, can I really make a change? Let me, and let me do what I can change. And that's the busyness of life that's sneaking up it's the valentine's date on wednesday when you're on tinder wondering if you're going to swipe left or right and who's going to say yes to you you know i mean all those things we're so concerned about life are we we're so caught up and then the third reason is we are blessed and cursed with comfort a blessing of comfort yet a curse it's crazy. I love Amazon, Amazon Prime. Anybody love Prime? I just sit at home, order whatever I want. I can order my toilet paper. I can order my, you know, toothpaste. I can order, you know, steak. I can order anything. And it's going to be there. You know, I, I started getting a little frustrated on Prime because, because now it's not delivered the next day. Sometimes it's two days for free shipping. Two days? Are you kidding me? I can't wait two days for this. I want to pay the $5.99 to get it there the next day. Anybody else? 
Or, or maybe, maybe you've been in this uh, comfort where you've been watching Netflix and it's show after show after show. And it's amazing. What a blessing. I get to watch the whole season of Stranger Things. What a blessing. I get to watch all this stuff in one moment, in one binge. It's awesome. But then it doesn't buffer and it's blurry. You're like, why is it blurry? Why is it not HD 4K right now? You're killing me. And we start yelling at people, what's going on? Blessed and cursed with comfort. Yo, Etsy is amazing, right? You can custom make anything and clothes and baby clothes and, and outfits for going out on the town and, and new jewelry that no one else has. It's made just for you and no one else is going to wear that thing. That makes you special. You know, one day we're going to be in a machine and it's just going to scan us and it's going to know our, our, our perfect fit, and we just order those clothes. We're always looking on point, right? Like always, it's going to be amazing. But the truth is, life's not about me. It's not about you. So how do we overcome the meh? How do we overcome that? How do we overcome this apathy? Consistently expose yourself to something that creates a righteous discomfort. Let me write that and say that again. Consistently expose yourself to something that creates a righteous discomfort. Constantly get around things that's a righteous discomfort, not those petty discomforts. I broke a nail. Oh. I scuffed my Jordans. Life's just not fair. Consistently. Expose yourself to something that creates a righteous discomfort. Lean into the things, into the righteous things that are uncomfortable for you. Those things that make you feel challenged. Those things that challenge the every essence of you. The, 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 those things. And, and what's great is luminous is giving you opportunities all the time to be uncomfortable. That's why a lot of y'all don't come back. Are you weak? consistently challenge you. It's like why we're having a marriage seminar. That's uncomfortable. And your wife signs you up and says, you're going, what? I'm not going to that thing. I'm not sitting and listening to some guy challenge me on my marriage when I already know how marriage works. I'm not doing that. Yeah, but our marriage is apathetic. That's tough. It's uncomfortable. But we're, we're putting those things in front of us. To, to make us righteously uncomfortable. We're, we're doing a parenting seminar because you think you know how to parent, but then your kid's crazy and they grow up and you're like, why did they turn out this way? It's because you needed a parent seminar. You were a little too comfortable. We need to position ourselves in such a way to receive these things. It's why we go on a 10 days trip. We go on a mission trip. Brandy and I go on a mission trip. Every year we alternate. Every year we go on a mission trip. Why? Because I'm a meh kind of guy. I'm selfish to the core. I'm, cons I'm consistently and constantly selfish. I'll attest, I'm the most selfish person in this room. I'm the one talking, you're not. I am so selfish, and I know that if I'm going to challenge this apathy, i got to get out of my comfort, and i got to get on the mission field to have a heart for the poor, to have a heart for others. And it is so good for us to do. It's why we do it. It's why we challenge you to do it. It's why I keep talking you into it. 
Because you don't want to go. Because you look at me, I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I'm already going on a vacation. I can't take five days off to do that. I, I'm going to worry about me. Recharge me. You know, if I'm not healthy, no one's healthy. It's true. True. Take care of you. Take care of you, but do more than that. Start caring about others. That's why next week, this Wednesday, actually, Chantal has a sign-up sheet in the foyer for a Valentine's outreach, and we're all meeting up here Wednesday night to go hand out roses into our community. And some of you are like, I'd rather go on the mission trip. Because I don't want to see my coworkers, and I don't want to see the boss I just cussed out in the break room this week. And I don't want to see the neighbor that I'm constantly hypocritical against. I don't want to see them. I want to go somewhere where people don't know me and share the gospel, and then I'll come back, and I'll never see them again. I don't want to see that person. No, they know me. Do you know it's okay to be a little hypocritical? Because it's not yours, not the Savior. Jesus is. That's why we need him. That's why we want him. I'm going to tell you about Paul. Paul was a man who was a fiercely righteous person. In Romans chapter 9, he writes this, verse 1. With Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people. My Jewish brothers and sisters, I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. That is staggering. I would rather be cut off from Christ if they would follow him. I would so much rather to be less and let them go and win the prize. That's what I want. He was moving, moved with this passion to save others, to believe for others. He was not apathetic, and he, he consistently got in uncomfortable situations. That's uncomfortable. That verse right there makes me uncomfortable. I, I don't want to say that for you, these people on the front row, specifically. So, so two things that we need to do to channel our passion to get out of this apathetic state. The first is focus on something. Focus on something. Many things will catch your attention. But there's few things that capture your heart. What has God put in you? What are you passionate about? What, what is that thing that is beating on you all the time and it won't leave you alone? Is it, is it to care for the unborn and be an advocate for that? Is it, is it injustice? Is it, is it the sex slave trafficking that's happening to rescue, to rescue girls? Is it, is it youth ministry and, and pouring into the next generation? Is it your connect group? Is it, is, it, is it being on the worship stage and, and giving your worship to Jesus and leading others to the throne room? Is it baking? What, what is the thing that you're so passionate about and it's not leaving you alone? And I want to I challenge you. If you want to know why you were made, what is that thing that keeps on you? And then ask yourself this question or ask God, I would say. Take that thing that keeps beating on you, the thing that won't leave you alone, and say, God, 
Is this vain imagination or is this you? Is this vain imagination or is it you? And if it's vain imagination, let it flee. And if it's you, start knocking on my heart more and more and more until you won't leave me alone, till I'm never the same because I'm chasing after you to fulfill the reason and the purpose you placed me here. Rather than making little difference many places, make a larger difference in a few places. Make a deeper impact in just a couple of areas. Don't spread yourself thin. That's what you need to move to. That's what God would have for you. Jesus was focused in Luke 4.17. In Luke 4.17, in the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. I'll say this, it's fascinating. Jesus knew where this was written. Jesus knew his word. He was in the Bible. He knew his word. He knew where to go. He knew how to find purpose through that. Know your word. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Today it is fulfilled in your hearing. And this was attractive. This was attractive. He was focused on something to set the captives free, to bring good news to the poor. He was focused on his mission. He was living for a purpose. And it it brought everybody's attention because his passion um, will draw in attention. And your passion will do the same. Whatever God's put on your heart, as you start speaking and saying it, people are going to be fastened into you, saying, man, where did you get that? And that's an open door for the gospel in somebody's life. And apathy consistently finds an excuse. I can't do that. I don't have time. I don't have the money. I, I just don't have the availability for that. I'm thankful for my wife because her passion has been to disciple women in our church. And she is passionate about it. A mother of two, busy as all get out. And she says, oh, I'm passionate about this. I'm going to make time for this. There's no excuses. And she has ran with that to see many women set free. Many women know their identity in Christ. Many women growing to be able to hear the voice of God and and know their direction and their worth and what they were created. It's been her passion. Second thing is we have to embrace what hurts. If the first one is focus on something, the second one is embrace what hurts? Have you ever had that question? It just hurts too much. I, I can't do that because every time I help that person or every time I go and do that mission, I'm just sitting there crying and weeping over them. It's just too painful. But do you think that maybe that's what it was supposed to do? It was supposed to bring you to tears. It was supposed to bring pain. It was supposed to do that because because that would move you to do something about it. 
think maybe that's why it was designed. I'm going to tell you this generation, our generation says, it's just easier not to care. It's easier not to care. I have to embrace something that hurts. Crystal, who was in our first service, has been volunteering while she's in her residence program, becoming an orthodontist. She serves every week with Capernaum Young Life, special needs kids. If you worry with special needs kids, it's so rewarding, so beneficial, amazing. But it's hard. There's challenges. It's uncomfortable at first. You're crying and weeping. It moves you to this place where God starts moving on your heart. And that was her fulfilling her passion. What's yours? What has God put on you? It's easier to hurt with a purpose than to exist without one. I'd rather hurt with a purpose than have no purpose at all. That's what we're called to do. That's what God wants us to do, and we see it through the characters of the Bible. If we were to look at them over and over, one of my favorite stories is Moses. Moses seeing the injustice of his people. He's seeing his people enslaved, abused, and he righteously or unrighteously feels this anger and this hatred and, and kills somebody as a result. And then he runs out into the wilderness and he starts praying for his people. And he's, this is so much injustice. And maybe I went about it wrongly. But Lord, help me do it rightly. Because I have to do this because I have a passion for it. I'm called to do it. And I'm not going to sit around apathetic. He went back into that land and God allowed him to free a people. To free a people to bring them out of that land and into the promised land. That's what happens when you move out of apathy. God calls you to start moving with this passion, this desire that's burning in your heart. And you start saving people. You start winning people. You start saving souls. David was the same. In the field, tending the sheep. Defeating bears and lions. But, but just a shepherd boy. And when he saw all of his people being cowardly to the Philistines and a giant intimidated by them, he said, no, not today. I'm not going to sit back apathetically. I'm going, and I'm going to defeat that giant. I'm going to defeat what's ahead of me, and I'm going to knock it down because our people need me to do that. And he goes up. He defeats the giant. He slays the giant. And they, they, they forever, forever, the chosen people of God are, are, are chosen and they're liberated and delivered and courage is brought to them. You see, when you're operating in your passion, courage arises not just for you but the people around you. When you start moving out of apathy, it makes it courageous for other people to do it. When you sign up for a mission trip and you tell your friends, you're like, you're doing that? I couldn't believe you'd do that. I never expect that. But you're doing it. Yes, I have to do it. I'm doing it too. And we've seen that over and over again. You're going that marriage thing? I thought you didn't even care about your wife. You didn't even care about her. But you're going to that? I'm going too. I'm going to righteously get uncomfortable for what God has put in me. Because when you do it, it brings courage. And that's what Joshua did. He said, today my house will serve the Lord. Today I'm going to be courageous. Take courage. 
Choose this day who you will serve. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And that courage was enough for the people. Your courage will move mountains of faith. That people don't have necessarily the knowing how and how to move it. But they see you doing it. They see your faith. It starts moving them. And if you think this is just about you, it's not. It's not just about you. You're not just here for you. You're here for the person on the left and the right. And the empty seat on the left and the right. You're here for that. And your courage and the way that you do life will make a difference. Jesus did this too in Matthew 9.36. When he saw the crowds, he was moved with compassion for them. Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He saw the people of God scattered. He saw them being victimized. He saw them helpless and hopeless in every situation. And as he did that, he said, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to do what only I can do. I'm going to live this life. I'm not going to compromise. I'm going to preach good news to the poor. I'm going to see the blind get healed. I'm going to give hope to ethnicities and genders. I'm going to, I'm going to move mountains for people. And I'm going to give my life so that it's all possible. Jesus saw us helpless and hopeless. And he had the courage to face death. But he also had the power to conquer it. I'm thankful for that. If you would stand with me this morning. I want to say a blessing over you. As you stand this morning, you're probably evaluating. Ben, I feel a little worthless right now. Thanks a lot. Why did I come today? But for some of you, this message may not be for all of you, but for some of you, you needed this. You needed that message. I needed to hear that word today. I needed to be challenged like that today. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? May God bless you with discomfort at easy answers, half-truths, and superficial relationships so that you may live deep within your hearts. May God bless you with anger at injustice, oppression, and exploitation of people so that you may work for justice, freedom, and peace. May God bless you with the tears to shed for those who suffer from pain, rejection, starvation, and war so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and to turn their pain into joy. May God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in this world so that you can do what others claim cannot be done. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you've never given your life to Jesus, never surrendered to him, and never made him Lord of your life, I'm going to tell you that's where passion starts. That's where purpose is. And if you want to place your faith in Jesus today and make him Lord of your life, will you raise your hand right now? I want to pray for you. If that's anybody in here. 
Father, I thank you for your church. I thank you, God, that you've created us to live passionately. God, I pray that we would not beat ourselves up or, or put on condemnation or any other chains, but we would live from grace and freedom to live passionately for you and the thing that you put in our heart. God, break apathy from us that we would righteously be uncomfortable. In Jesus' name, amen.